Hey, welcome back to Curie Joshua Tree. We have a really exciting interview today, the first of this kind. We did an in-studio, in-recording studio, interview with musician and local barista, Nigel Roman. You may know him from Frontier. He also runs the open mic night Thursday nights down at Frontier. A little local legend we like to think of him as. So he swung by the recording studio um, here at the Clock Tower Recorder. You can follow that on Instagram at the Clock Tower Recorder and also online www.theclocktowerrecorder.com if you're interested in booking any sessions. So we met up with Nigel. He swung by, played us some of his original songs. We were able to sit and talk about his life growing up in the desert and how he's influenced by the landscape and how he writes and what he writes about. So thanks for coming and sharing. And again, if you want to read more about Nigel, head over to our website, www.curatejoshuatree.com. And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how we're going to start this episode. That's right. So... We're here at the Clock Tower Recorder in Yucca Valley, a really cool recording studio with Charlie, our lovely engineer in the control room. I'm looking at it now and it is nice. It is. We're here with the one and only Nigel Roman, who Hello, you doing? know from around town because he's going to tell us all the things he's been up to, all the music curatorial projects he's doing. He slings some coffee down at Frontier, but he has a voice of an angel. And tonight's our first time ever doing a live in studio with a musician. So I'm pretty, pretty fucking excited. Oh, we're allowed to cuss? Oh, yeah. You can say Cussing's allowed. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. So this is Nigel. Nigel, hello. (laughs) Hello. How are we doing, people? Thanks for coming tonight. Thank you for inviting me. (laughs) Can I just have this backing music just kind of throughout like we're in a grove? I think so. Is that okay in the... yeah, we heard we're ask, yes we're from asking, the control We're asking room, headquarters okay. right now, and that is yeah. confirmed. Yeah, and we're going to keep that in because that's funny. So, we'll, <laughs> we'll, um, so Nigel, before we get to some of your music, yeah. uh, I don't know more about you. You're born and raised here, I know that. So I'd yeah, love to Josh hear, sure. yeah, tell us kind of a little bit about you. Um, well, like you said, Joshua Tree, you know, um, I mean, if you really wanted me to, I could probably sit here and just tell you my whole life story, All right. but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <clears throat> There's a lot of... Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to nutshell you. Yeah, let's okay? do that. Hopefully you're not allergic to nuts. <laughs> um, I'm just going to start off really crazy here. My yeah. beginning life was not great. It was actually kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, my mom was... Uh, crazy uh nobody knows who my dad is he's a mystery man it's actually a running joke in town where like uh anybody who's older than me i just say that they're my dad (laughs) you know um why i'm saying that is because i don't know personally everybody okay so everybody's a little different right Mm -hmm. everybody's unique everybody's got their own way they look at things their own perception or whatever and to kind of like in in retrospect to like my family and and how I grew up, take my brother, for example, right? My mom's crazy. Uh, we didn't live with her. She did a lot of drugs. She was a very gnarly person. Uh, 
and she would like bang on our door. Like this was our experience as a kid, like what our mom was, was this lady banging on our door, cops being called, Mm -hmm. leaving these crazy uh, gifts, like underwear with like painting on paintings on them. It was just a really raw thing to deal with, you know? Yeah. But uh, why I'm saying that is like my brother, he wanted nothing to do with our family at all. So much so that when eight, when he hit 18, he left and he said, I'm never coming back. And he really never came back. Wow. I haven't seen him for over 10 years. Wow. Where did he go? I don't know. He, he joined the army, then he joined the uh, National Guard, and now he's a policeman. That's the last I heard. <clears throat> so, I mean, I don't know. Personally, I'm, on my end, yeah, that sucks, right? It sucks. Mm. Nobody wants to deal with that. Yeah. But there was nothing I could do about it, you know? Mm-hmm. There's nothing, there's not a single thing I could do about it. And I guess I just kind of, I always would say, like, in a way, my mom kind of taught me more than I think some moms do. Yeah. In an indirect way. Right. From, you know? Yeah. You learn what not to do. Right, from dealing with these You know cases. what I'm saying? Yeah. Or you also have cases where somebody, like, goes through that experience and becomes that person, Mm -hmm. you know? So, I mean, am I, it's a weird thing to say I'm grateful for that because that would entail that my mom had to have gone through that type of situation in her life for me to get it in that way. Mm -hmm. But I am grateful that I was able to kind of divert my direction Mm -hmm. because of her direction, Yeah, you know? And, uh, I mean... It's kind of funny that people are like, oh, Joshua Tree, Joshua Tree, Joshua Tree is a really great place, great place. Yeah. It's great in the face. Yeah. The face is great, but really it's no different, you know. It's kind of the same. It's it's planet Earth, you know. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got an issue. Everybody's got a problem. A lot of people are struggling. Yeah. Some people aren't. It's like, it's, I'm grateful though. I'm very grateful to have grown up in, in Joshua Tree. I do think it holds something a little bit different than your average place. Yeah. Um, I personally think that the reason why there's so many people that do stuff out here is because they're bored. Yeah. There's nothing to do. Yeah. There's nowhere to spend your money. Right. There's so not you really get to much be more creative. To make money, you yeah. know. I've always kind of thought of it as like a uh, a womb, mm. you know, which goes both ways. It's like you can go to the womb to create mm-hmm. and grow and move on mm-hmm. or you can go to the womb to like incubate mm-hmm. forever and never do anything to die and i thought it was gonna get well real to, dark die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to die you know real dark well that's kind of my duality that that's yeah. that's me you know it's like i don't know the way i live my life comes from like agony and terror yeah well, I but, definitely want to hear that. In it, you yeah, know? for sure. And I want to hear about, I'm definitely going to ask you about the shift for you, what you've seen in Joshua Tree with people coming in. But so, but we'll get to that, I think, a little later. Mm. Um, so growing up here, you had a turbulent childhood, and then mm. your brother left. And and then what happened? What kind of, you went to school around here, I take it. You I did to go to school out here, yeah. I, uh, again, I was bored. Yeah. There was an Oscar Schmidt guitar in uh, in my house, which I never really did anything with. 
<laughs> I, I started drawing. I was a drawer. Like, mm-hmm. I got really into life drawing and, and all that, that whole side of things. But uh, um, after I kind of came to a realization that, like, drawing wasn't really doing much for me. Yeah. Passion-wise. There's the Oscar Schmidt. Yeah. How know? old were you when that happened? I was. I started playing guitar when I was fifteen. Wow, cool. Um, singing. I, I've I've always kind of enjoyed singing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were times when my grandma would like wonder why I was in the bathroom for so long, <laughs> and uh, uh, I would literally I'd be in there with my headphones on, right, uh, listening to whatever, and I would just look in the mirror and I would pretend <laughs> that I'm the guy singing. Very and I would do all the moves, all the moves, everything. Like, I would just imagine that there's, like, thousands of people standing in front of me, and I'm just, like, just giving them the passion, you know? Yeah. So singing was definitely a huge thing for me. I always loved singing. What was on the headphones? Oh, all sorts of stuff. At, at, I mean... What was your big the, thing you really worked out in front of that big crowd? Oh, man. Uh, uh, Coheed and Cambria, for sure. Uh-huh. I was a big Claudio fan. Uh... Circus Survive, definitely. Uh, I mean, there's a little Taking Back Sunday in there. I didn't really get into the soft, folky stuff the, mm-hmm. the, until like I had begun playing acoustic guitar. Because mm. I needed, to, I need. What I wanted to do was write songs. Yeah. Like I wasn't crazy concerned with like shredding or mm. you know that whole aspect of guitar playing. Like I wanted to write a song, you know, and. Uh, so Bright Eyes was like my first oh, yeah. huge inspiration for sure. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, because man, that guy just hammers songs out, hammering songs out. And that was like my beginning uh, way I learned was I just learned songs, learned songs, learned songs. I didn't even try to write a song for like a few years. Mm-hmm. I just only learned songs. I was the cover guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I would go to the Beatnik Cafe in Joshua Tree. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, it was the cafe. Uh, which now is the Beatnik Lounge, but it's not necessarily a cafe. It's kind of its own thing now. Yeah. But every Wednesday I'd go there and play and uh, uh, play what I had learned. And I'm going to be honest, I knew I sucked. <laughs> Everyone else knew I sucked. <laughs> every, no one told me I sucked. <laughs> they all said, great job, Nige, you know? Yeah. I remember one time I, 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 was, uh, I was messing up so bad just on so, in so many ways. And I knew it, and I just couldn't bear, like, knowing that these people were watching me just fucking up this bad. And I just yelled. I don't know why I did this. It just made it worse. I yelled, fuck, (laughs) in the mic, just right in the mic, fuck, really loud. Everybody stopped talking. Everyone stared me down, and I just kind (laughs) of, I just kind of got up and walked away. Oh, wow. You know? Was that, well, obviously, you're telling that story, so was that a pivotal moment for you with things? I mean, that whole set, uh, section of my life was pretty pivotal because, I don't know, I didn't, there were times when I was down on myself, but I never gave up, you know? Yeah. And not in like a, a fancy, weird Disney way. I just kind of knew that I, <laughs> I just knew that I could do it. Yeah. I just didn't know how yet, you know? Awesome. So the moment I finally got to a point where I was like, okay, I know how to write a song. Okay, I know the pieces, the, the recipe to make a song. Yeah. I kind of never really learned another song from then. I just only wrote, 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 wrote. And uh, How long ago was that? I'd say just chronological order here. Started when I was 15. Probably when I was like 
I don't know, 17, mm-hmm. maybe, uh, and you've been writing I mean, ever 19 since. or something. Yeah, yeah. I've been writing ever since. I've only just recently begun starting to like learn some songs here and there. Mm-hmm. I mean, throughout the, t- the course of playing, I've learned songs and stuff, but like my goal wasn't learning songs. Right. Like that was the last, like the last thing on my mind, mm-hmm. which I wish I didn't do it that way personally thinking back because I don't know, every time I learn a song, I, I learn a new technique or I learn a new skill, you mm-hmm. know? I kind of think of it... Do you know what Mega Man is? Uh, no. Okay, so I'm going to tell you people. Here's the deal. <laughs> yeah. Mega Man is a little robot. He's a basic robot. There's uh-huh. nothing fancy about him. He's just a simple robot. Yeah. His goal is to go and protect whatever. He You go on these levels. Each level has a boss. Each boss in each level is a specific uh, element, you know? air or water or lava or an animal or something Mm -hmm. when he beats the level he reaches the boss when he beats the boss he takes their power because he's defeated them now yeah but when you go on to the next level and you now have this guy's power it's not the same as the bosses it's a little bit different so i kind of look at learning songs and learning what other people do like that yeah it's like i'm taking your power but I'm not like copying you. Right. Yeah. You know, I can go sing exactly like Christina Aguilera or I can go and like learn what she's doing mm-hmm. to use, to throw in my toolbox for yeah. whenever I want. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. These are things I wish I knew a long, long time ago, you know, but that's not, it never goes out that way. Yeah. I mean, I, I interview, we talked about this before we turned the mics on, that I interview mostly like fine artists, painters, drawers, stuff like that. And this is something we talk about constantly is who our influences are, what we saw, who we look at, who we steal from, who we borrow from, how, we, how that influences us. Yeah, I think sometimes people think, I mean, I know when I was young, I had a really big issue with like, what am I? Yeah. Who am I? What's my style? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it's like, it's like such a weird thing. But really, your style is everyone's style. Yeah. It's just how you're layering, yeah. how you're combining, you know. Everybody uses blue, red, and yellow. Mm-hmm. How are you going to use it, yeah. you know? That's yeah. you. That's who you are. Yeah. You know? You're the filter for these things mm-hmm. to see how it comes together. For sure. Um, so maybe we should play a song right now. Um. So let's do your first, what would you, what are you going to share with us now? Uh, I learned Freebird. Oh, no, yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> You're like, actually, it's only covers for this. There's only covers the Only tonight. covers from when I was 15 in the bathroom. Um, yeah, so uh, partial reason why I brought up the whole mom thing is because like a lot of my songs are written about uh, agony, you know, yeah. like like real issues you might deal with. And, you know, you might try and find some sort of complex in me that has to do with, like, women because they're always about a woman, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, oftentimes love's never a bad thing to sing about. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess I could play a song that kind of has something to do with that. Okay, great. This song's called uh, The Requisition.
So nice. I wish I had a clap track right there. Maybe we'll put one in. I know, in right? We should have that, have that siren. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Oh, <laughs> funny. I used to have that app on my phone. That'd be great. That was really amazing. Uh, can you tell us a little about that song? That one. Uh, yeah, when did you write it? What's, what's going on? I wrote that one. Uh, I'm going to not go in too much detail here, but I will say that it had to do with a, a past relationship that uh, was probably the hardest thing I ever dealt with in my entire life. Breakup-wise or just relationship-wise? Just uh, experience-wise yeah. next to like my mom. Oh. There are only a few people in this world that I ever get mad with mm-hmm. that I actually like get irate, mm-hmm. and uh, she was one of them. My other's my uncle. I love young Fabian. You know that? <laughs> uh, and uh, it was just a really... <clears throat> it was just a really hard thing to deal with, you know? Yeah. I'm surprised that anybody in this world gets along. I really am. <laughs> I'm surprised that, that, that anybody in the world gets anything done. Because everybody's head is, is somewhere else mm. all the time. And you never really know where they're at. You sometimes don't even know where you're at. Yeah. You know, and to try and like, there's just a, a huge amount of lack of understanding and, uh, and uh, blame mm-hmm. and just everything that, that is wrapped up with the word toxic yeah. was involved with that relationship. Wow. And such a beautiful uh, song came out of it. I mean, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Cool. I got a song out of it. But man, that was like, it was a heavy thing. I'm sure it was. I almost stopped playing music. Mm. You know, I really did. That's interesting. How long were, was did this go on for? Uh, we kind of had a bit of an on and off relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I had attempted it a second time. Mm-hmm. And As people do, you know. And I tried to, I kind of have a Superman complex. Mm-hmm. And that, that means... Uh, So the human's a human, right? Yeah. We can only do so much. We can only fight so much. We can only accomplish so much. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of instances where it's known, it's generally known, that it's out of, out of your hands as a human. Mm-hmm. And I have this feeling that like, in a lot of those instances, it's not out of your hands. It's just there's a lot you need to take into consideration, mm-hmm. and you have to be very smart about it, and you have to keep going. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, you will accomplish the goal mm-hmm. and you will be known as, in my head, a Superman, right. you know. Uh, but nothing happened, you know. I just kept going and going and going and going and going, yeah. thinking that eventually, okay, come on, eventually it's going to change. Eventually it's going to change. It's going to be good. Okay, cool. This whole week was great. Oh, then Sunday came and, yeah. and it's all back to normal. You know, right. nothing's changed. And, you know, like... In the song, it's like, um, uh, it's funny, it's my song and I'm trying to think of the lyric. <laughs> it just, it, it's just talking about trying your hardest, you know, and being honest and being true and then not getting that in return, you know, and wondering, I don't know, maybe even so much like, what's wrong with me, 
You know, what's wrong mm -hmm. with me and why can't I accomplish this situation? You know, it's coming from a position of having a Superman complex that's kind of like a real punch in the gut Yeah. when you can't do it, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean... It just sounds like you're a caring human who wanted to try and make things work. That's like pretty that. much all it was, you yeah. know? I'm not going to sit here and say that I didn't have my own issues because when an actual issue comes up that actually requires something from me that I don't understand, mm -hmm. I do actually kind of get mad. Yeah. I do. But it's only from just complete lack of understanding to begin with. It's like, yeah. if, I know, if I'm talking to you and you are just not being workwithable at all, <laughs> yeah. just in no way, shape, or form, and you're just being selfish in that sense, I don't know how to respond to you anymore. Yeah. I don't know how to talk to you anymore. And normally you might say, well, then go. But I love you. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to go. Mm -hmm. And that never changed. Right. So I'm just like trapped now in this box where I don't want to leave. I can, but I don't want to. Yeah. And I'm dealing with that. Yeah. This lion that doesn't know how not to be wild, you know? Yeah. And I'm not perfect. So I didn't always do the right thing. So now I'm dealing with a lion and I'm not a great trainer. <laughs> and now there's just this, this dual factor situation right. going on that just makes it, it even worse, you know. I mean, I don't know. I definitely learned a lot from it. So did you, for process-wise, when you make when you write a song like this that talks about these things, is it did it take you did you write this song long after? Is it something that you <clears throat> a lot of times I write the music first, like the the song, the yeah. actual guitar part. Yeah. Um, and then I'll write the lyrics later. Mm -hmm. For that one, um, I don't remember the exact time that I did it, but I, I think it was actually a little bit during. Yeah. You know? There were some times, like sometimes I would think, okay, well, because I was just thinking of all the things I could do that could possibly solve this situation. And I think with this song specifically, I actually wrote that song during the relationship as somewhat of a kind of a message. Yeah. I mean, how can you deny, like, this beautiful poetic message, you yeah. know, that is about you? Yeah. It's a big gesture. Denied, yeah. you know? Right. And uh, so, yeah, that was, that was probably, I think that was written during. Interesting. Yeah. And so, so do you keep a journal, or as you're writing, do you write every day? Is there... I don't write anything. You don't write anything anymore. <laughs> I don't have a journal. I don't have any any writing thing. I've tried that. It's all in your head. It's not my thing, you yeah. know. I, I like to, I mean, in the past it was different. I would write yeah. and stuff for the song. Yeah. Like, I'd never be on the bus thinking of, like, lyrics or what have you. Yeah. Like, I kind of, the song is what gives me what should be said. You know, I watched a lot of movies as a kid. Yeah. So like movies are like in my, in my brain on, in how I think, you know? Yeah. So when I write a song, it's like, okay, what's happening here? You know? Yeah. There's a narrative arc. Yeah. What's happening here? <laughs> you know? There's different feelings and different things, you know? So it's like that kind of helps me understand more what I want to, what kind of message I want to send based off what I wrote. And what I end up writing stems from, I don't know, a buddy of mine, Darren, was telling me, he's like, if you're always in your room playing the guitar by yourself, most of your songs are probably going to sound in your room by yourself, <laughs> you know, yes. soft and somber or what have you, you know. Yeah. 
if you're if you only ever write songs on the drums, your drums your songs are going to sound a certain way, you know. Mm-hmm. So they kind of have a default nature about them. <laughs> I like sad songs, you know. That's my yeah. thing. That's my duality. It's like in my music, it's very serious. I never joke around yeah. in my music at all. I do not allow it. If if I'm writing a lyric or something and I don't think it has enough a strong enough serious pull, away you go. You yeah. know, it's got to be serious. Because in my regular life, yeah, things are already serious and they're forcing me to be serious. So I'm not going to go out of my way to make it that way. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm very playful. I'm very jokey. I'm very unserious. Some might even think that I can't take things seriously. Yeah, but I assure you, it's not the case. I just don't want to be. Yeah, you know, I don't right. see the point. That's awesome. Um, and so, when did you write that song? How long has that song been around in the world? You don't have to give me exact like dates. Years. Three years. Cool. Yeah. July twenty first, nineteen eighty nine. It's vintage. <laughs> vintage Nigel. Vintage here. Nige. That needs to be a pedal. The vintage Nige. <laughs> Raw. It sounds great. It sounds, sounds great. Perfect. And so, do you when you perform? Do you often perform that song? Is that a song that comes up on the? I am a go to kind of guy. Yeah. You know, I. Are there things I could play? Yeah, are there things I know I'm good at playing mm-hmm. and I know that would be responded well by people? I tend to kind of play those yeah. always. Sometimes it kicks me in the butt because, you know, like, for example, at Open Mic for a while, I played the same song every single week, mm-hmm. you know, as, as the host in the beginning. Yeah. Just because I knew it was impressive and I knew that, you know, there's never the same people every week, you know. But uh, um, I do tend to go... To what is best known. I'm trying to get out of that personally because yeah. I don't know. You don't always need to be fantastic and awesome, you know? Like yeah. that's not you don't need to live your life according to other people's expectations. You don't even know if they're expecting that, you know? They could yeah. care less if you're being crazy impressive or whatever, you know. Yeah. That's a learning curve for me for sure. I think I mean, I think that's what's super fascinating about you though. I think there's a lot of fascinating things about you, but your um my first experience with your music was last year at two nights it was Christian's it house. was December 30th December 2017. 2017 it really was exactly that day actually it was the day before new year's at Christian Camargo's it doesn't feel house. that long ago isn't that weird no, we've known each other for a year so weird isn't that crazy almost a year and uh I was invited to that dinner and I heard there's going to be live music and I was a little like, cause sometimes when you go to a party and there's live music, you're like, is this going to suck or is this yeah, going to be, sure. and then I'm at a smaller party and if it sucks, I can't like reveal that it sucks. No way. And, you know, Absolutely not. Like if you whole, do that, you're an asshole. Totally. Get you're the hell cornered. out of here. This is an open-minded <laughs> place, Buster. You're totally cornered into this situation <laughs> yeah, where you're like, sure. and you know, my husband's in the music industry uh-huh. and it's like a whole thing where you're yeah. like, am I, is this going to fucking suck? So we heard your, uh, your wife doesn't like that guy. <laughs> we're so we were out this. by the fire and I heard, I'm not kidding. I repeat, I've said it to you. I just said it to your lady in the other room. You're beautiful. Cassie's here. Hey, girl. Hi, baby girl. <laughs> uh, the voice of an angel. I'm like, oh. what the fuck is that? And uh, you were in the bar. It's like a garage Barney type, t- type of yeah. situation. Christian's Christian's Playhouse. Christian's Playhouse. And it was unbelievable. <laughs> and, and I knew you from the coffee shop. And so 
and I know you do the open mic thing, mm. and there's just something really free about you, though, with your process. As much as you are, like, beating yourself up about yeah. things, mm-hmm. there's something really free about the way that you are so unbelievably talented and the world needs to hear your voice, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to, wanted to interview you. Yeah. But the way you're so, I love the struggle and the way you're humble about it and how you live and do all these other things and that this part that you take so seriously yeah. is um, you're still able to step outside of it and like look at it and then come back into it and then and then play with it. It's like a, it's really growing for you and it's not, you're not stuck labeled, labeling mm. yourself or working within a system and yeah, I, really I uh, is that fair to say? That's pretty fair to say. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I'm just a believer of, you know, you have hands, you know, you got feet. Yeah. Fucking do something, you know. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm just Mr. Do shit all the time, you know, because I'm not. It might seem like it. Yeah. It might seem like I'm just constantly going, going, going. Yeah, you do. To an lot. extent, I am. Yeah. But I'm also lazy. But the fact is, we, do, we can do. Yeah. We can do things, you know, and I mean, why I, why my fingers are in so many puddings? I'm gonna copyright that phrase, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> so gross. Why why I get involved in so many things is partially because one, I want these things to have quality. Two, what I'm doing requires a lot of things. Yeah. Three, there's not always someone around that's capable of doing what I need done with the quality I need it done with. So like take shows, for example, like the first show that I personally threw myself, which just as a promoter, if you will, if you want to throw a label on it as a promoter and show curator or whatever, um, was my birthday show when I was, uh, I'm not sure the year, maybe 25 or something, or maybe 24. And... I mean, I grew up here, so and it's a small town, so and Facebook popped up right when everybody started being social in my life, you mm-hmm. know? And so, I mean, I don't know everybody in town, but I can't go to Walmart without somebody saying, hey, what's up, Nigel? Or I can't sit on the side of the street without somebody yelling out my name or whatever. So yeah. to an extent, I am a little bit of a, yeah. you know... You're uh, kind of a big deal around kind of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it. <laughs> I said it for you. But, uh... So I threw my show, right? It was my birthday show, and I it was at the Beatnik, and I freaking packed the house. The place was filled, and the show was cool. I had this 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 somewhat kind of crappy, no offense, Derek, uh, <laughs> PA that I purchased from my friend Derek for five hundred bucks. Uh, passive speakers, a mixer, the whole nine yards, everything I needed, five hundred bucks. I did not have the money to buy that, but I bought it anyways. Yeah. I just had a feeling. Right, get it. And I bought that through the show. show was crazy awesome. And after that, I was like, this was not hard at all. Yeah. This was actually really easy. Why can't I keep doing this, you know? Yeah. And so that's when I did this. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but this thing I did called the JT Harmony Tour. I didn't know. But yeah, tell so us. So that is uh, this sequence of shows that I did. Because of my birthday show. It literally beca- came from my birthday show. Because How I was many like, years wow, ago this is, is this? I don't... Uh, probably, t- probably two years ago. Okay. 
all this new stuff I've been doing is very, very, yeah. I'm a late bloomer. You well, know? no, we want to, I'm, I, I know, I know that you do this stuff, but people listening might not know. So you right. are, you're, you're curating musical. Yeah, I've been doing music. a lot of shows lately. I've been doing, um, like I said earlier, it's like, if I didn't have somebody to do it, I kind of figured out how to do it myself. So, yeah. you know, so you I, made this other show. This. Yeah. I made a, I made a, uh, a group. I, I, I booked eight shows total. All in one month, 30, 30 bands. Wow. I was like, wow, okay, if I can do this one show, why can't I just go crazy big? And I fucking did it, man. That's awesome. I booked 30 people. It was all, every show was free. Excuse me. Um, I didn't, I couldn't pay anybody. It was like, luckily I come from a place where we all want to do this. Yeah. We just would like to hope that someone can pay us. Yeah. But in a way I was paying them because I... Uh, and in the same way I do now, I I promote on a really large personal basis. Yeah. You know, I can promote you better because I do actually know you. Yeah. I do know who knows you. You are from where I'm from. Even if you're not from here, like and you moved here a couple of years, I find I got away I got around to knowing you. Yeah. And I know you now and I'd like you to play. Yeah. So like I, I had a friend of mine who took pictures. We like, I tried to get legit, you know, I'd yeah. never been legit on that way before. So I tried to push the boundaries, you know, and it was a complete success. That's so complete awesome. Success. I was going to do it again, but this relationship I was talking about completely destroyed me and I ended up not doing it. Okay. But, uh, but things have changed. Since when then. one flower dies, another one grows, you know yeah. what I mean? So, uh, I like Michael, your little analogies. Hey, I'm making them all day long. Just, Don't use these people. These I are mine. Like sprinkle that shit. <laughs> Bumper stickers. T-shirts. I know that Charlie. Charlie is definitely laughing in the control room because he loves shit like this. Um, yeah. So my, uh, my partner now, Michael uh, Zvalico, he uh, he owns Frontier. He's one of the co-owners. And one thing led to another. He saw me and what I was doing. Um, we, at that time, the people we were working with all played music. We all were active. We were all doing stuff. And me and him were like, well, let's freaking." again, I'm not going to lie. I don't have a lot of money, but yeah. Michael started this coffee shop and he's in a position where he can do something. And, and him and I worked together and we started, uh, Sunburst Presents. Yeah. Which is essentially just a production company. You know, we have just about the basics of any gear you might need mm-hmm. To, to get by in a show and have it be impressive and feel good and feel good that you paid money to go to. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, people always say it, but like the sky in a way is the real, the limit is, is the limit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because right now we're very local and I don't know, I, I think it's stupid to like paint a picture of what it's going to be like. Yeah. In you the just future. take it day by day. With the, just, it's yeah. literally a day by day thing. You've you had know? some, pretty big success with this sunburst presents recent yeah i mean on a local level yeah yeah you know per capita if we talk like scale wise you know i'm not in la or anything and i'm not like in any big city and i don't have any gigantic large promoting systems or anything like that but on a on a local scale i would say we're at the top you know aside from like something like jt fest which is not necessarily on a local scale right it's a local festival but it's you know they're yeah. they're they're much it's outsourcing bigger. yeah it's completely outsourced and uh but yeah man i mean every show we've had even from the beginning has had at least 150 people standing amazing and then uh how many shows in have circulation you guys done? probably like 250 300 
Yeah, yeah throughout the whole night. Throughout How many night. productions have you guys put on so far? So far, um, we had the first one where I played, and then uh, Earth, Moon, Earth. Let's see, one, two, three, four. I think like five. Yeah. Not too many. many. But that's good. We're trying not, I mean, again, we're local, so it's like it's not something we can saturate. Yeah. You know, you don't want to just like, you're not going to get this big, awesome. When, when you come to our show and you, you see mm-hmm. all these people, that happened because we pushed it so much yeah. for so long so that you could walk in and have this impressing feeling. Yeah. Not like, oh, we're throwing a show every two or three weeks and there's only like 50 people there. Yeah. I mean, granted, one person is an audience. You know, if you want to call it that, and yeah. it is, they're there to see you, and they they count too. But when you walk into a place, yeah, and it sounds great, and the place is packed, you just feel better about it. You know, yeah. you're, and in this community, that's important. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of things that are kind of tearing people apart. Yeah. and I'm not going to say we're the glue that holds people together, right. but I will say we are lending a hand in like letting people kind of universify. Yeah, get back together. Yeah, a sense of community. You know, because that's what we're kind of, you know, everyone when they walk through the town, they're like, wow, the community is so great, you know. But when you really look at it on a person by person basis, it's kind of, uh, I don't want to use the word, a fake sense of community, but it's not necessarily 100%. Right. Everybody's looking out for everybody. Yeah. You know, there are some situations that cause people not to like each other. Yeah, of course. Which... I mean, let's look at the facts here. A lot of these people aren't leaving. I'm not leaving. So it's like, yeah. I kind of call it the desert syndrome, <laughs> where basically say you did something I don't like, yeah, and maybe I don't like it, I don't like you now for it. Yeah. Well, you and I aren't going anywhere. I know. We're small here. Town shit. It's, it's a small real, town yeah. shit. So it's like, I'm going to get over it, yeah. and we're going to be friends again. Yeah. You know, and, and I think things like this kind of help with that. Yeah, I agree. A little bit of grease, you know. Yeah, ways to bring people together. Yeah, I'm totally sure. all about that. Um, I think we should hear another song from you now. Are you ready for that? Do you have enough whiskey for that? Am I allowed to talk about you drinking whiskey? Oh, yeah, enough whiskey. (laughs) I'm not not a tequila, but I guess I can wait. She's a tequila guy. (laughs) What are you going to say? Oh, I was always fascinated with, uh, you know, growth and the body and, you know, being a baby and being an adult or being an old person. And... You know, we live in our lives in this moment-to-moment basis. But all that shit did exist, you know. You were a little tiny baby in a blanket, you know, saying, I'm going to curate Joshua Tree, you know. So this song's called Play, and it's just, it's just wrapping up a life as a whole and how I kind of think about it, you know. So this song's called Play. Little grace, fall in place, don't be afraid. Those blue eyes are cold 
speed of time Why else would everybody be in a line We climbed so high And now there's really only one way to go So when Black or blue, it's time to choose This ain't nothing new, we roll our own stone First high, then low Muddy food, no need to choose Up every tooth, just so you stay alive And when you don't know What you love and close your eyes You'll see it's almost like We're made of time Why else would everybody be in a line We climb so
We There's think we're, no one clapping, Nigel. <laughs> we think we're funny with that. Yeah. There are, there are always people laughing in my head. We need that air horn from the... Uh... <laughs> Monday, Monday, Monday. That was really lovely. And that was called Play. Yeah, that one's called Play. I just think it's funny how like little kids, you know, they just play and play and play and they don't give a shit about anything and they care less and they just want you to bring their milk and this and that and then you're an adult and it's like you just don't play anymore and now yeah. you're grabbing milk for a kid and it's just an interesting it's an interesting uh paradox you know yeah or a p- parallel one of those fancy p words you know yeah something to start with a p something starts with a p a lot of milk in that story too <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting no. <laughs> <laughs> and milk is the is the never mind yeah yeah we don't have to go down that road um so, uh, when did you write that song? That song I wrote in uh, Seattle. I had, uh, when I hit... So, okay, let's just be honest here. I didn't live my entire life in Joshua Tree. I grew up in Joshua Tree, and when I hit uh, 18, um, you know, because I had grown up here, I was like, I'm going to get out of hell yeah. out of Dodge, you know? I'm yeah. getting out of here. And I had I had created somewhat of a of a push of my music and and my people had made me believe that I was good enough to some extent that I could make something happen if I went somewhere where opportunities lived yeah so I uh, one of the foster families I had lived with they uh, they were all from Washington and they moved down here at some point and I had gone up there with them when I was like probably 16 on a, on a road trip to just all sorts of places in Washington. And man, coming from the desert, it was so gorgeous and beautiful and green and, and watery. And it was just a different, it was like, it was a complete opposite vibe, you know? And I was all about it. So when I hit 18, um, no, excuse me, 18, uh, like 21, I think, or 20. I had moved to Seattle, well, Washington, with my friend Charlotte, my roommate at the time. And we were like, dude, screw this desert. Let's get out of here. Let's go. <laughs> and me and her, we just freaking, you know, buddied up and, and we did it. And I went to, I, I uh, it wasn't as great as I wanted it to be. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say that. I didn't, I never lived in Seattle. I tried to make my way into Seattle. Didn't really uh, work out that way ended up getting guilt tripped by my uncle to move back to town and that's where I'm at now and I've been here ever since. But alone in my room in my in in Seattle a lot or in in Washington a lot of uh, the buildings are on hills. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't afford to get our own place. We couldn't afford even to get our own apartment. But uh there were people that were renting like the bottom attic of their house which was essentially an additional house right. just underneath like built into the hill. So like, our front window wasn't. It was like a. It's a very small window that you could see the ground floor from, at the bottom of the window. So like, you open up the window, ground is right there. Yeah. Garden. So alone down there in the darkness by myself (laughs) with my guitar, I produced this song, and uh, I'm a slow songwriter, man. That took it took takes a long time for me, you know, because. Too often, more often than not, my head doesn't necessarily come up with all the awesome, serious shit I want to say. Mm-hmm. 
it comes up with other stuff and then I get aggravated and then I kind of let it, let it, you know, marinate for a while. Yeah. Which, uh, I, from what I understand, a lot of people do it that way. I just wish it wasn't that way. I wish I could just hammer that shit out, you know. I um, know. Yeah, but that's, don't we I all, think, though? Yeah. I mean, that's the same in my practice as a sculptor and and painting and stuff mm-hmm. is the same thing. You do, yeah. you make a whole bunch of shit that no one ever sees, ever, <laughs> yeah. you know? It's like, yeah. you carve it all out. So it's, um, I think that's nice. So I think there's something about that. Yeah. Process, about the process being messy. Yeah. Us, I don't know if we would do it otherwise. Do you think you'd do it if it was that easy for you? I mean, it's hard to say. It is hard to because say. Because there's, there's, a, there's a big part of me that, that writes and plays music because I have a passion in it. Yeah. And it's a part of me. Yeah. And then there's another part of me that does it because I like hearing people say that I'm awesome. Right. Yeah. I mean, of course, any performer has got a little yeah. bit of narcissism <laughs> yeah. in them. Or a Sometimes lot of I wish narcissism. I could just throw that guy away and yeah. just be all passion. Yeah. You know? But I don't know. But I don't know if it's always passion, though. It's like you like to problem solve and get out of a dark situation. So, yeah. right? Yeah. Being a creative person is like you put yourself in a in a hole that you dig yourself out of, right? Yeah, it's it's for part sure. of that. So, Definitely. I think part of your background and these survival skills match up pretty well with that kind of path you know mm-hmm. um what kind of whiskey is this uh and it's an embarrassing brand of whiskey. <laughs> no, uh it's well it's, you don't have to tell us it's tomer do a tomer do it's usually bullet but i don't know what well, it's the is. good that's that's the only it's pretty much the only whiskey i buy it's the only whiskey we usually buy i don't know why we have that i only buy this shit when we make hot toddies but it's yeah hot toddies yet. um but it's your drink is mixed with something terrible as well. I don't it's know. like a cherry Seven Up or something. Well, we heard you liked soda, so that was the only soda. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a yeah, I'm a simple man. A simple man. Um, so I guess the I want to hear another song to close us out. But before we do that, I am interested in I in you've seen the town shift so much. You yeah. see all these new people coming in. Uh, you see that there's a transient nature to it. There's also, you see the Airbnb yeah, culture, changing. you see, and also at Frontier, I mean, you're really at the forefront of everybody comes through there. It's like mm-hmm. an interesting, but how do you, I guess, how do you feel about all this or what have you seen? If and you can say whatever you want. I you mean, can, what I know is, and what everybody should know and understand yeah. is, uh, this isn't my place. Yeah. You know? I don't fucking own Joshua Tree. Right. You know, anybody who's lived their entire life in L.A. and is like, yo, I've lived here my entire life from birth till death and here I am. Yeah. It's not yours, you know? Yeah. It It, it is yours, but it's not like only yours. Right. It's what you know. You know, I can't yeah. stand at the at the fucking borderline of Joshua Tree with a, with a <laughs> staff and say, you shall not pass, you know? Yeah. I can't. It's a, It'd be illegal. They would throw me in jail if I did that, yeah. you know? So with that considered, I mean, it kind of it kind of honestly stems out to an even bigger picture. It's like the earth in general. Yeah. You know, why is it so necessary for people to not give a shit about things and take advantage and, and take, take, take and mm-hmm. and not care about their neighbor and the list goes on, you know? Yeah. And I'm not saying that everybody that comes here has that attitude because that's not true. There's actually a lot of people who are really good friends of mine mm-hmm. that came here because they love the place. Yeah. They want to be here. Yeah. It's not this like 
weird psychological thing going on with them. They actually love this place, yeah. and you see it in their actions. Yeah. But then you have the whole freaking Instagram mob where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you just pull over here. That tree looks nice. Yeah, stand in front of the Joshua <laughs> tree. Okay, cool. Insta, boom, you know? Yeah. So much so that it's like, I don't know, I was talking to my friend the other day about this, and it's like, I grew up here, and if you said, Nigel, uh, your record's done. We want to do some some promo v- shots of you. Let's do some in the desert. I'd be like, fuck no. I don't want to do that in the desert. Yeah. This is all I've ever seen. This is like, isn't that boring? Yeah. But to someone else, wow, dude, where'd you take that picture? Yeah. You know, they yeah. know nothing about it, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, as far as the town goes, though, it has changed and it's going to continue to change. It's not going to not change, mm-hmm. you know. I think you'd be foolish as an individual to think that that anything in your life is going to be exactly the way you want it to mm-hmm. stay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Even, well, I easily get sidetracked. But anyways, <laughs> um, I guess what I want to do is I want to. I kind of think of it as like a a wave of bricks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Imagine like a tsunami. That's an but intense bricks. Yeah, that's a pretty heavy boy. Okay. And and again, I'm not saying that one, I'm the only guy that can do this, or that I'm the only guy that's gonna do this. There are a lot of people helping with this concept. Mm-hmm. But I think that it would be better that instead of just crying about the fact that all these people are coming and taking advantage of our land, uh and this concept can kind of mean a lot to a lot of different people, but mm-hmm. lay the bricks down as they're coming. Yeah. You know, let people give people a little bit of direction on on how to treat this place. Yeah. Not just like post a flyer that says, "Oh, uh, do this, do this, do that, don't do this," you know, so on yeah. and so forth. But like, show people that there's a community. Mm-hmm. Show people that that we're not just buildings in the desert right you know that we're actually a a group of people Mm -hmm. you know so that we can actually build on it in a good way yeah you know like do i want to spend my entire life in josh tree not necessarily if i did would that bother me not necessarily Mm -hmm. i mean this is my home and i'm okay with it i love this place yeah but i do think that people need to like I don't know, step it up, you know, because mm-hmm. there's definitely a huge, a huge uh, uh, mindset of like, whatever. Yeah. No big deal. That's fine. Yeah. A don't care- worry about <clears throat> it. A carelessness to that. A carelessness. Yeah. yeah you know, like these people are coming and they will stomp all over your carelessness. Yeah. Show them that we're capable of, of what they're expecting, yeah. you know. There's something coming and we have to deal with it is what I'm saying. You know, yeah. so it's like, or else they'll just take over yeah. and this will just become a freaking, you know, a smush room of yeah. LA, yeah. you know, I don't want that. Yeah. You know, and it's not necessarily going to happen tomorrow, right. but over time it's happening. A know? little mindfulness for those A little coming. mindfulness, Be yeah. Be mindful and those that are here help educate those that are coming. I like that. I think that's a really kind message, and I think it's necessary. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really good place, you know. Yeah. 
there are a lot of other good places, but this is definitely a really good place. Yeah. And And not everybody's an asshole who wants to leave a city to go somewhere smaller. I think absolutely there's not. Yeah, and that's a especially with the economy and the government and all that stuff, people are seeking a sense of community, I think, personally. Yeah. And they're wanting to be in spaces that they can have more intimate yeah, intimacy yeah, yeah. and I mean like look at you guys. Yeah. Yeah, you we're from here. No, where are you guys from? We are. We moved here from LA. We came from New York before that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, and I'm all I'm all about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't care who comes here. Yeah. Just when you come, fucking be cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, be cool to the people around you. Yeah. Show us what you've been doing with your life. Yeah. Be a, let us be a part of it. Yeah. Because I guarantee you, you walk to frontier tomorrow. Yeah. If you are open-minded enough, you could find somebody, whether it be a local, a true local or someone who just moved here, who has something to offer for you and would like to work with you. Yeah, absolutely. And build something great rather yeah. than just being this island. You know, we don't want that. Yeah, an Instagram island. I totally agree. I mean, that's what we hope to do and bring and have been working on too. Yeah, no, to I, I, feel, I totally feel like that's what you guys are doing, you know? But the, and we hope for others too, which I think is, and I think there is that, I think it's really exciting. I think there's an exciting part of it and there is like a, and I'm, and there's absolutely a disruptive part of it too. And I think it's just nice to talk about. I think we, people should talk about it a little bit more. So I, it I can think, be. I think like what mainly stems from the negative side of that is yeah. just exploitation. Yeah, of you course. Know, people are making money yeah. off of how cool and for those of you that aren't seeing my fingers, I'm doing a little quotation thing. <laughs> the coolness of the desert, you know? Yeah. They're just making money off of it. Yeah. Like every once in a while, I'll get a PA job because I, I look anywhere for money, you know? Yeah. And uh, they're just like, they're just baffled that I grew up here my entire life. I could never do that. Yeah. And then they're just, just taking pictures with like shoes and stuff. In front of a Josh, they're just they're just exploiting the crap out of it, you know. Yeah, that's not really cool with me. Yeah, because do you actually care about this place, mm-hmm. or are you just here exploiting it? Yeah, but I can't really do anything about that either. Yeah, it's happening right now. There's someone right now in front of a Joshua tree, Doing taking that. a picture. There's someone putting like a slack line up and walking on it <laughs> yeah. between two Joshua trees, not knowing that's completely illegal to hang that anything from the Joshua tree. Hell illegal. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, yeah. We just had to talk a little bit about that. You can't not talk about it. Um, So let's close out with a song. Do you have a special song you'd like to sing for us, or I did have a. uh, There's probably just one last song that's probably my favorite. Your favorite? Yeah, because I when I wrote that one, everything to the song was great, right? But when the chorus came, I just I hated it. I almost threw the whole song away. This one we're about to hear. Yeah, but then the chorus I had just kind of put a little bit of extra love into. And now it's like, it's probably my favorite on the whole record that we've been making. So it's called um, uh, Brick and Mortar.
What do cars put on their toast? <laughs> Traffic jam. I always wondered how people feel because like whenever I play, right, I try to get as passionate as I can, be super into it, and like yeah. act the part, right? Yeah. But once the song's over, it's like I'm back to Nigel. I'm not gonna like fake be talking to you seriously and stuff. I'm gonna be Nigel, who yeah. I am, you know. So it's like I wonder how they feel, you know, watching yeah. me getting all moved, and then, and then me being like. Yeah. I mean, I just watched that. There was zero rebound from that song. You literally (laughs) told us a traffic joke, which is, and I was just trying to fiddle turning the camera off and I was fake doing a crowd sound over there, but (sighs) that song was amazing. (laughs) It was so beautiful. When did you write that song? That one was close around to the same as the requisition, the first one I played. Yeah. And it's, actually about the exact same situation yeah just from a different kind of point of view you yeah. know um i'm always like i'm always really into like my appreciation for like a certain type of beauty is completely directed at like a human being who's like struggling mm-hmm. and is like trying their hardest and doing everything they're possibly capable of doing but still failing yeah. You know, yeah. like I really meet heart to heart with that. Like in any movie, like for example, my favorite movies are Truman Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good. Um, I just watched Groundhog Day Day the other day. So good. My new favorite movie, you know, uh, that one with, um, I can't think of it. But anyways, any movie where like it's about somebody who's like, fuck, they are trying so hard, but they just cannot get where they're trying to get you know and it's like that just really irks my gears yeah and that's often what I end up singing about a lot because I feel like everybody's a little bit in that position there's a lot of situations in everybody's life where you know they fucking try their hardest and nobody even knows how hard they tried yeah you know how many how many times is somebody like exuding their 100% capability and no one knows it yeah a lot all the fucking time yeah you know it blows me away yeah. It really does sometimes. It's so true. I see it in the pugs every day too. Oh, the pugs. At, they, try like, so they try so hard. They try so hard every day. There's a lot of failure in their days. There's a lot, you know? Yeah. But we keep going. You know, we that's, too. The, that's the biggest thing. I mean, that's kind of been a huge thing just in my relationship now is, yeah, things <laughs> probably don't work out, you know? Yeah. They might not go your way or whatever. And this is, this all kind of sounds a little cliche, but it's fucking true. You yeah. know, it's like, you're always fine, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, even if you're fucking kicked out on the street, you're still fine. In my opinion, the day you're not fine is when someone accidentally cut off your arms, legs, uh, torso, everything, and you're just a head. Yeah. Now you're not fine, okay? You know? And maybe then you can even still find some, like, you know, positivity. Like, hey, guys, want to play some basketball? Yeah. <laughs> Get it? Yeah. Because your head would be the ball. <laughs> Anyways... You know, these songs come from sadness, you know, but I really sing them because I hope that other people can kind of like, I don't know, think about their own sadness, mm-hmm. sadnesses, yeah. you know, and think about it a little bit differently. Yeah. Because while every song of mine is kind of sad, it ends on a note that's like, okay, I know this is sad. I know it's horrible, but I'm still going to try and forgive the situation mm-hmm. and and... And respect it, 
you know, like my mom, I love her to death, you know, she, she passed away quite a few years ago, and, uh, yeah, she didn't really do anything for me, but I fucking love you, yeah, I fucking miss you, and thank you, you know, yeah, I mean, there's, I'm not necessarily a crazy huge Christian guy or anything, but it's like forgiveness, I think, is a very huge thing and should be a huge thing in everybody's life. Yeah. It really, it really greases your life a little bit to like move forward better mm -hmm. because what the hell are you going to do? Like let every single person that does everything wrong to you be that person forever. Right. And you got to be around them. That's not... That's counterintuitive to your productivity. Yeah, because then you're just holding on. You're holding on. Yeah. You know, don't don't fucking hold on. Right. I'm so glad you let me cuss on this podcast um, because yeah, but <laughs> the fuck, I talk like a sailor. I'm like a sailor. We're of, sailors. Yeah, whiskey and tequila. Seriously, we're on a boat right now. You guys don't even know. <laughs> um. So before we wrap up, the where can we hear your music? Where can we see you play? So, What's um, up? What can people do to know more Nigel and support you? I mean, like I said, I'm doing a lot of things. I'm throwing shows. I'm playing music. I'm trying to get more into recording other people and this and that. But as far as my music goes, uh, I'm still working on my record. Okay. I mean, I, I'm closer now than I ever have been in my life. And I'm trying to like, you know charge through it and get it done so I can move on. I was actually talking to Charlie about that earlier. And uh, so the moment that's done, I've never actually tried to like full on hit this music thing. Yeah, I've only ever just worked on my music, played my music in town, and that's it. I've never recorded a record. There's nowhere you can find my music online. I mean, there is, but it's like old stuff. Like I used okay. to do a lot of hip hop. Oh, interesting. We yeah, didn't even that's get a to whole go. other side. That's <laughs> Damn, a whole other interview. Okay? okay, we'll have a part two with you. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, as for what I've been working on and like honing on, I've never really given it the full like. Okay, let's fucking do this. Yeah, let's follow all the rules everybody puts out and just see how far we can take it. You know, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm literally on the brink of starting that process. Cool. So when my record's done. As far as I know, everyone will know about it. Okay, cool. And you'll know where to find it. But until then, um, I do have obvious things, Facebook, Instagram. Uh -huh. um, I'm, chances are if you type in Nigel, I'll probably pop up immediately. Yeah. You know, I Nigel just go Roman. by Nigel Roman, yeah. And then you, you run open mic nights at Frontier? Yeah, Frontier Cafe, Thursday nights. Uh, sign up is 6.30 sharp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's always a fun time, you know. It's 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 not as high level as like Pappy and Harriet's is, yeah. which I consider to be probably one of the most like renowned open mics ever. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely it's up there, you know. People yeah. are coming and they're having a great time and they feel comfortable. And I are you performing on it? I do play first. Okay, cool. Uh, every time. And that starts at seven. Yeah, then? I start playing at seven. Sign okay. up is at six thirty, and. Uh, yeah, I think what pleases me most about that is like there are there are like kids and stuff coming and playing. Yeah. And it's just like not that I'm this old geezer or anything, but it reminds me of me, you know. Yeah, it's awesome. Me going to open mic and like testing the waters and seeing what's going on, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, open mic and then Sunburst presents if you wanna just uh that's not something that's gonna stop. Yeah. You know, whether my music does whatever it does, I'm that's still gonna be an entity. Mm -hmm. And uh 
you know, our whole mission statement is just being as as impressive as we can be with what we have in the desert, you know. So Sunburst Presents is the name of that. And we have a website, .com, um, Instagram, Facebook, the whole nine yards, you know, whatever. Uh, And then, uh, I mean, I do have a studio thing going on, but that kind of took a back burner. Yeah. Just because, I don't know. Because you have like a hundred other things going on. There's a hundred other (laughs) things going on. And uh, that kind of thing needs, you need clientele, you know. Yeah. Especially out here in the middle of the desert. It's like, it had to take a back burner, you know. I mean, yeah, I'd like to record all the people in the local desert. But not only are there other people bigger than me also doing that. Yeah. But they don't have any money, you know? Yeah. It's not a money pit. It's a money pit kind of in a way, I you know? know? So we have the equipment, but we just don't have the time necessarily because it's not, you know, it's, we need a yeah. somewhat of a give and take situation, right. you it's know, for that good. to continue. Well, this is so exciting. You have it's a lot great. going on. Yeah. And we know what the desert does. It reveals the things that we're supposed to do. It throws all the other shit out. Yeah. People included. In a way it does. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm glad I'm, and in the moment, I was pissed off. My uncle guilt tripped me to come back. Yeah. But I'm kind of glad because I'm in more now than I ever was yeah. when I was younger. The desert called you back. The te- desert, yeah. It was the desert. It was the fucking they desert. Just, my uncle Your was uncle was the, the vehicle for it. <laughs> yeah, he picked up sure. the phone, you know? Yeah. He didn't even want to call. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much no, for being you here tonight. Sure. We adore you. We support you. Yeah. And thanks for sharing your story. Yeah. Thanks for tuning into this special episode of Curate Joshua Tree. Um, thank you so much to Nigel for coming by, sharing his music with us, sharing his story with us. Thank you for Charlie for helping record this session and for our lovely new jingly musical thing. And thanks for everyone for listening and tuning in and supporting this project. You can follow us on Instagram at Curate Joshua Tree. You can always send us a message if you have anything, any questions you'd like answered and on our website to see more interviews and pictures from this session at www.curatejoshuatree.com. Until next time.